Well, happy Sunday morning. Good morning to you, our uh, Life Assembly Church in our online community. It's so good to see you, Pastors Dale and Jaina Demel here, uh, greeting you and saying hello. Um, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to share with you just a couple um, uncomfortable things going on this week. Um, first of all, my hair's getting long. Um, Which I adore. Yeah, I started to notice really long neck hair happening, and I, I thought to myself, how many people are like me? You're kind of going, oh my goodness, what's happening right now? So when Dale gets uncomfortable on top, he does funny things to his face. Uh, yeah, and so <laughs> I started off by getting some clippers, and I got really short here, and then I worked my way to my front, and then I left it kind of long in the front, which those of you who remember the goatee days, and um, my son about lost his mind, uh, my wife about lost her mind, yeah. and so then I shaved it all, but then I left the mustache really long, and that got worse, and so now it's all gone. You look good. <laughs> so taking it down, and then I started making fun of myself, and look what I did this week. I got birds in Minnesota. And I took a picture of it, and I sent it to some friends of mine, and I said, I am, number one, getting old, and number two, this is how boring I am, that now I'm beginning to look at bird books. So now, in, in this time of quarantining, I'm beginning to get nervous, or not nervous, but I'm starting to shave my face and buy bird books. I don't know. What, what weird things are you doing right now? Is there <laughs> anything weird that you are doing? And if you are, I want you to comment down on the lines because I think it would be really funny to see weird things that you might be doing right now. I don't think this is super weird. I just want it's to say we've weird. been married for like, you know, a hundred years. And this is the first time in our marriage that we've actually purchased a bird feeder, mm-hmm. which I feel like we've been missing out, people. So if you don't own a bird feeder, you need to go buy one yes. because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about birds at, in our morning coffee now. Mm-hmm. So we, we have an event coming up, and we're really excited about it, and we want you to come. So why don't you tell a little bit about what's happening? Yeah, absolutely. So next week is Mother's Day, next Sunday, and man... Um, We take Mother's Day, and we try to make it a big deal here at Life Assembly Church. And this It's been like one of our biggest three Sundays of the year is Mother's Day. Absolutely. But we choose to celebrate all women because um, we, um, yeah, there's just a lot of sensitivities that can surround Mother's Day. And we believe that it's a great opportunity to just honor God's creation and the beauty of, of women among us. So this Sunday... If you are a lady person um, and you had a mother or you are a mother, uh, we would love to invite you and your family to get in the car, get dressed up if you want to, or just be with your long hair, your quarantine selves. <laughs> I know, and your um, roots, okay? We're just going to rock the roots. It's going to be a new thing. Okay, anyway, and get, get and after our service airs, or yes, online, our services, um, if you'd like to come to our church, Life Assembly Church, with your family or with yourself or with not a friend, because that wouldn't be appropriate in social distancing, um, but come to the church. We will have set up a, a, a beautiful photography background where we love to have we have a professional photographer that's coming and um, we would love to honor you by taking professional pictures of your family um and then also we have a gift for 
all of the ladies a really fun gift, and we're not going to tell you what it is until you come and get it. So yeah, it's, it's from, be... excuse me, it's from one p.m. to three p.m. So yes. you have time to have your brunch and lunch, um, or go to dinner afterwards. So from I mean, one to three. I mean, what better way to to kind of mm-hmm. you know take this picture during yeah. a time of quarantine? It's really going to be a, a great time to be yeah memorable yeah. and uh, just. And we fun. will be very very careful. We will only allow one family in at a time, and we'll all be appropriately covered, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and but... Denise Denise Campbell is going to be taking yeah, pictures, she's and she she is so sweet. She said, "I just think it's going to be so fun to make." all these mothers look beautiful yeah. during um, just this time that's been a little strange for us. So it'll, it'll be great. Come on out. We can't wait to see you. Yes. IRL. But yeah, we have In a great, life. we have a great um, day planned for us as we worship together as uh, just as I share um, what's on my heart right now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we want to invite you in to join us as we pursue Jesus together. Good morning, everybody. I just wanted to start with a verse for you all. But Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. So let's pray. Jesus, whatever fears or anxieties or God, the things that we're facing each day, whatever they are, your love will not be shaken. There's nothing that can hold us back from you, Jesus. So God, we just engage with you right now. We pour out our hearts to you. We give our worship to you. God, whatever we just need to surrender to you right now, we do it. Lord, help us just to give you all we have and surrender to you. Lord, and hold on to your promises, God. We pray that your peace would just overwhelm us today. We look to you, Lord. We look to you, Jesus. your voice. Let's sing thank you. Thank you for the cross that you have carried. Thank you for your blood that was shed. You took the weight of sin upon your shoulders and sacrificed your life so I could Hold 
Thank you so much for joining us and participating in worship. It's, uh, even though I can't see you, we, we get to be as one church and in many locations and in places and lift up the name of Jesus, and that is powerful. And so thank you so much for just participating with us and being an online community right now. Thank you, Pastor Callie, for leading us today. You know, last week... Pastor Jaina opened up our Meanwhile series by talking about Joseph. Many of us associate him with Joseph with the coat of many colors, and he was the favorite of all of the brothers. And yet he finds out, the dad finds out that he's dead, or he thinks that he's dead. And here Joseph goes from the favorite son and having just so much going for him to he's sold into slavery, and then things begin to look up, and then he's in prison. And it's like he, this guy just cannot catch a break. But God had a plan. There was this meanwhile in Joseph's life. There is this meanwhile that, that he didn't see that God had a plan, not only for him to be elevated, but to protect and to save his family and the entire Jewish people, the entire nation was rescued. God had a meanwhile plan. And today I get to share number two, the, the a second part of, of meanwhile for us. And I believe that it's going to bless us, but it's also going to keep our eyes on how are we behaving? How, how are we responding in the middle of a meanwhile? Now, Jane, I, I was super proud of her because she gave an example. I was blown away. I didn't know she ever watched the old TV show of Batman and Robin. As a kid, I loved watching those. And she's exactly right. In those shows, there would be this meanwhile. So here's the Cape Crusader, and here's uh, Robin, and they are, they're fighting evil, right? But then there was a meanwhile in Penguin's Lair or Joker's Lair. Something is going on. There's a plan, and there's something happening. And, and it's like you're, you're being brought into another part of the story. And I, I was thinking of a movie, and it was in 2001 that the first Ocean's Eleven came out. And it was a star-studded cast, and probably most of you ha have seen it. And in this movie, you have to watch all the way to the end. And at the end, they give you a meanwhile. They give you a backstory of how everything actually happened. So they lead you through the whole movie, but the audience doesn't see all the details 
that actually happen. But at the end, you get to see it. And that's so much like our lives. We don't see the entire picture until we're at the end. And that's why they call it like the year that we're in, 2020. Hindsight is 2020. And, and I think of that with raising children. And maybe you're an aunt or an uncle or a teacher or maybe you're a parent or grandparent. And, and you've experienced this with a, with a child where something happens to them. Something, maybe they got hurt. Maybe something happened in school. And whatever's happening, they are super upset. So as a caregiver, you go and you console the child and you hug them and you look at, at them in the eye and say, what happened? Explain to me. How, how can I help? This is what you do as, as a parent. But what the child doesn't know is that there's something happen, happening in the peripheral. There's something happening in the background. You are Googling to see if you need to bring them in. You are, you are calling your, your nurse in your pediatrician office saying, do I need to bring them into the doctor? You, you are doing everything you can in the background. You're calling the school saying, I need to know what happens. Why? You're advocating. You are defending. You are protecting. You are doing everything in your power to be able to help this child. What, what, what's happening here? There is this meanwhile, and the kid has no clue. The kid doesn't understand everything that's happening in the way that you are there to defend and to protect. And that's the same way God is with us. He is the good father. He is doing things in the background that we cannot see. The problem that we have, though, is that we are used to being the driver's seat. We are caregivers. We are therapists for people. We are guiding and helping people, except when it's on us, when it's happening to us. It's really difficult to get into the back seat and not behind the driver's wheel and say, God, I trust you in this situation. It's it's so difficult. If you're anything like me, it's hard to do because we are fixers, just like we are with our children. Today, I'm asking, how are you handling the meanwhile? And I almost feel like the Psalms, the psalmists have written to us about the meanwhile. Just just listen to some of these um, statements. And these are all taken out of the Psalms. God, don't hide your face from me. How long, God, will you hide your face from me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you be angry? How long will I cry for your help? How long will you waver? How long will I cry? You know, I, 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 as I was reading the Psalms, I, I was thinking of you and I today and, and where we are currently at. It's like, how long, God, are we going to be separated from people? How long, God, until I can hug my grandkids again? How long when I can go back to work and, and see my coworkers? How long till, if you're in school, how long till I can see my friends and my classmates and my teachers? How long is it going to be? Is my job still going to be there? How long is this going to be? What happens to me when unemployment washes up. What does this mean for me? And so my question for you is, how are you handling your meanwhile? And we're going to come back to a Psalms because it, it closes out how they handle their meanwhile as they're looking and crying out to God. But before we do that, I want to give two examples. 
First of all, in Genesis 4, this is how not to act. This is how, what not to do in your meanwhile. <clears throat> Genesis 4, starting at verse 2. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but Cain, in his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. See, there is this meanwhile happening with Cain. There is time in between this story. This is a a very short segment of, of Scripture, so there's a lot of details and things that we do not see, but... The writer in Hebrews writes in 11, which we call the the faith chapter. It says that in in verse 4, it says that Abel gave his gifts in faith. So there's this little uh, picture that we see that we don't quite see in Genesis 4, that there was something about the way that Abel gave his gift that Cain did not. There was a faith element mixed in what his sacrifice was to the Lord. And so we we can tell from there that Abel's heart was right, but Cain, there was something that was eating at him, something that wasn't happening. And Cain began to dwell. Cain began to focus his hatred towards his brother, and he was misdirecting his anger and turning it towards his brother when he should have actually been reflecting on something that was inside of himself. In verse 6, it says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face so downcast? And God says, If you do what is right, you will, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it, or you must master this. And in, in some uh, versions, it, it explains that sin is trying to gain a foothold on you. And, and that that um, description is just, it's such a memorable thing for me, because it makes me think when I was a kid, and, and maybe um, we'd be playing tag, or running away from somebody, or trying to get somebody. And if you're chasing somebody, or they're chasing you, you see a door, and you think, okay, if I can get behind the door and hold it shut, I will be able to protect myself. But if the person chasing is able to stick their foot in between the door, that means they have a foothold. And if you're the one trying to run away, you know you're toast. There's no way that you are going to be able to get that door closed, because their foot is in it. In this situation, this is exactly what's happening. God is saying, do not give the evil one a foothold in your life. You need to master this. If you give sin that foothold, if you give this anger, if you give your jealousy, if you give your fear to this, it is going to master you and it's going to get that foothold. And it's so much more difficult to get rid of it once you've let it in. And this is one of those meanwhile times for Cain, is that instead of responding and, and just coming with a, a contrite heart and, and going to God and saying, I am, I am struggling, I need your help, instead he lures his brother out, and it's the first premeditated, premeditated murder in, in history. And it's a dark, dark time that we have. This is how not to respond 
in a meanwhile in our life where we begin to blame others. He blamed Abel for making his sacrifice look bad, but the situation was actually on Cain, not on Abel. Now, I want to ask, what is a better way for us? How, what, what is an example in Scripture for you and for me? How do we respond? What's a better way? And I was thinking in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, and, and verse 13 is, is a very one of the most famous ver- verses, is I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It says in verse 10, and, and this is um, Paul uh, writing to a church that was supporting him and just some great um, churches behind it, but he's in prison. This is one of the prison epistles. So here he is writing to the church, writing to you, the future church, you and, and me. And, and, and Paul says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. He said, indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need. So he's not asking them for money. He says, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul is not saying that you can do anything you put your mind to. That's the last thing he is saying. He is a humbled man in prison. And he is saying, I can find joy in prison. I have had means. I have had wealth. And I have known poverty. And I have known hunger. And I can say with all certainty, again, this is Paul, I am content in Christ. That's a powerful statement. While some of us are in, in these meanwhile times, everybody's been affected in some way, and yet there is a meanwhile that we can look at Paul and say, This is how we are supposed to respond as Jesus followers. Your situation does not define your faith, your faith in God does. Your situation does not define your faith. Your faith in God does. Just like a child is consoled by his loving advocates, so God advocates for you in your situation, in your place right now, even if you cannot see it. Paul says, I have had money and I was content. I have had lack, and I was still content. And so in the same way, this is how we need to behave. This is how we need to be able to start thinking and not allow our fear, not allow our anger, not allow our situation to get a foothold in our life and then to rule us. Because God is saying the same thing to us today, right now, that he was saying to Cain all those years ago. And so this is how I'm going to end it today. <clears throat> I'm going to read Psalms 13. It's only six verses, and it starts out with his cry to God. But listen to how he ends. It's, it's so powerful. The psalmist writes, or David, is, it's a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul? And I have sorrow in my heart all the day. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Here, he, he is crying out to God. He, he feels that he is, he is losing. He, he's feeling that there is somebody that is over him. And he, then he says in, in verse 3, Consider and, and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. In verse 5, and here, here's where it switches. So he cried out and he pleaded with where he's at. But he says, but. If you're, if you're listening right now, say but with me. But. I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He is writing this before the answer comes. He, he is writing this psalm as his heart is being torn, as, as he is struggling but he is speaking this like Abel's sacrifice in faith. He is speaking in faith and saying, Lord, even though I feel like you can't hear me, I am going to sing your praises. I am going to call out to you because you are faithful and I trust you. And this is a powerful message from Scripture on how we are supposed to and should be able to be directed in a time of meanwhile in all of our lives. You know, this isn't wisdom from me, Pastor Dale. This is wisdom from Scripture. This is God, how he spoke to Cain, and he's speaking to us. This is God and how, how um, Abel lifted him up and directed in faith. And we are learning from Scripture as he speaks to us. And I, I just want to, as your pastor, be able to say, hey, how are you responding right now? Are you responding with a faith attitude like Abel? Or are you coming and are you blaming others? Are you, are you looking at this situation in, in a way that God says, do not give Satan a foothold in your life? I want to invite you today to be able to direct your eyes to God and take them off of the current circumstances and understand saying, Lord, I can't control this. I'm in the back seat right now. You are driving. I trust you because you are a good father. Would you take a minute? Would you take a minute and pray and just cry out to God and say, Lord, I am dependent on you. God, I don't know how this situation is going to turn out, but I need you. Lord, I need you. I'm crying out to you. That's what we need to do. That's how we need to be honest with God. Lord, I don't understand. Take your hands off the wheel. Say, Lord, I'm going to do everything I can in my strength, but I need to know that you're there. I need to know that you are, you are coming, and I can trust because you've been there before for me. And I want to encourage you to put your faith in Christ more than you ever have. I want to encourage you to keep your head up. I want to encourage you to understand that in this meanwhile, that you can still have closeness and a fondness and an intimacy with Christ like you would never experience otherwise. Cry out to him. So just remember this week that your situation does not define your faith. Your faith in God does. 
I am so excited to be able to see some of you. I know it's going to be at a distance and maybe a little strange, but we are having our Mother's Day event this next coming Sunday on May 10th from 1 to 3 p.m. And we're going to see you, and you're going to look amazing with your family, and we have a gift bag that we want to give you and just give you maybe an air high five or something. But, uh, you know, it's just going to be great to see you, and I hope you can come out. If you have some friends and neighbors that they just want a free photo of them or their family or whatever, come on out, invite them. It's going to be a great time. And uh, lastly, thank you so much for your continued generosity and support of Life Assembly Church. We have uh, continued to be able to reach out to people and to be able to be generous with people in need during this time as well. So God bless you. Thank you. And we can't wait to see you next week. And we can't wait to see you in person.